Welcome to Circus Voices, brought to you by CircusTalk.com, the leading online career and casting marketplace for circus and the performing arts, and an essential resource for circus and multidisciplinary artists and talent seekers. I'm your host, Thomas Chambers, and welcome to A Creative Space, NFTs, Web3, and the performing arts. Join us as we learn more about this new technology and its potential influence on the performing arts. Welcome to our third episode, and it is my pleasure to introduce the founder of The Sphere, Mr. Eric Bordeleau of Montreal. Eric, welcome to A Creative Space. Thank you, Thomas. How are you doing? I heard you had a pretty productive summer uh, curating your own exhibit, correct? Uh, I mean, The Sphere is into a very intensive phase right now. We call it the incubation phase where we are reaching out for uh, performing artists to participate uh, in uh, an experiment in the curation and production of new uh, pieces uh, that I, I guess I will tell you a little bit more about. Yeah, let's get into a little bit how you got involved into the, the Web3 space and what led you on this journey to create the sphere. So look, it's a it's a long story, a beautiful story. Uh, I'm a co-founder of the Sphere, huh? so the, the 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 leading partner or like the the people behind it uh, is Salorantin de Wilder. It's a little uh, circus company founded by uh, Sarah de Wilder and Ulle Strandberg, and uh, we met in an event um, at the Moderna Museet of Stockholm back in 2018. So we were, uh, we here is Economic Space Agency. Uh, it's a little startup think tank that I was part of that was kind of like my entry point into the crypto or Web3 world. And uh, from the beginning, our approach to uh, blockchain and, and Web3 was always in terms of new modes of organizing, new modes of organization, and always considering the question of funding as an organizational question. So that was kind of like the message that we brought to the Moderna Museet. We were invited by um, a duo of artists, uh, quite famous. They, do, they work into financial art, Golden and Cenobi, and they curated a show called Manipulating the World. And Economic Space Agency was part of that show. And Sara and Ulle, Salaranta and De Wilder, were there to discover uh, the new potentialities uh, of the blockchain space. And basically, they had founded uh, a few years before a small circus production company, and they want to revolutionize uh, how to make circus. They wanted to make circus differently, and that involves to organize differently. And they've always been on the uh, very interested in new forms of organizing, and they, it was an instant click. So I rapidly, after we met, we rapidly started collaborating. We did a lecture performance together and we wrote, we tried to get this big grant that we ended up getting uh, from uh, Creative Europe to finance this whole uh, Sphere project. That's amazing. And with this grant that you received, what... Uh, what were you able to incorporate with this this organization? Were you able to just start the technology and implement that into your organization um, and do a bit of a startup? Or were you able to work directly with artists and creators? So uh, let's start from the beginning. Um, you know, in the Web 2, or like in the internet as we know it, 
it's uh, platform based, right? And we know that there are like all sorts of issue with the collecting of data and how data is the new oil, you know, that's data, is the new capital. And there is a critical uh, starting point here. How do we reclaim, reappropriate uh, our means of productions and uh, our means of relation? So the whole Web3 or blockchain space is about networks with consequences. So instead of going with the idea of uh, build it and they will come, you know, it's kind of like a, a leitmotiv in Silicon Valley. When you build a platform, you know, the, the Kevin Costner, the Field of Dream, old film from the 1990s, build it and they will come is this thing that build a platform and the people will come and join if, if it's good fit, you know. In the Web3 space, it's not exactly working this way. Here we're working with an actual network of circus artists that we gathered as partner, as part of this grant, the Creative Europe grant that we got. And we're basically trying to think what Web3 could do to this actually existing network of circus artists. So this is a much more humble uh, starting point, but a much more consequential starting point. So that's kind of like our relation with we're trying to figure out what we could do to make to empower the artists. And one of the starting point is to cut the bureaucratic levels. Like when you finance a, a, a performing arts institution, a lot of money goes for the bureaucracy, for the handling, for the interfacing with the, with the actual institutions. And uh, part of our utopia, part of our dream is maybe more money could go directly to the artists. Maybe if we make a good use of blockchain technology, we can figure out other ways of organizing where the money goes directly to the milieu instead of getting uh, sucked in different um, uh, intermediary space. So that's, that's one of the reasons why we gathered and discussed about, okay, how could we do it otherwise? How can we, how can we finance productions in different ways and maybe reinvent part of what New Circus is about along the way? That's really exciting. And... On our last episode with Jean-Luc from Web3 Montreal, we spoke a lot about DeFi and DAOs, you know, DAO being a decentralized autonomous organization. And if I understand correctly, the sphere is a DAO, correct? Yeah, and I mean, we can say that. You can say that. So like when you went for this grant and you're incorporating these artists, why did you choose to become a DAO than say a nonprofit organization or another company to help finance these creative projects for these artists? So... The Sphere is a research creation project, and we are basically exploring what we can do with Web3 in order to reimagine ecologies of funding for the performing arts. So we're trying to figure out what could be done with this technology. So, and I would say that the technology essentially, it's like a cultural phenomenon that we've been part of, you know, with the blockchain space and NFTs and what what else they can do you know it's it's part of uh, it's kind of as if the technology is giving us a little bit of the utopian ingredient that is necessary to reinvent our relation to funding uh, and especially public funding because i don't know in your part of the world but like the type of art uh, that i've been involved in is essentially reliant on public funding and we know that the budgets have been reducing drastically uh, over the last, uh, I don't know if I speak from a Canadian perspective, the last 20 years, maybe. So there's this constant precarity that artists are facing, and we're always on the victim side of things. And then with this 
idea of blockchain and Web3 is like, okay, we can organize otherwise. We can start maybe reconfiguring what the funding would be about. So, so we're taking funding as an art form. Uh, I, li I like to say, uh, I like to use this word in German, Staatskunst, uh, which is uh, the art of the state, you know, because when you start discussing the, the, the funding questions, it's kind of like the back end, you know, like the front end being the performance, the art, but the back end being all the work that's being done so that the art can actually happen. But then that divide, you know, between the financing and the, and the art is actually something that we're working intensively with, you know, like we're trying to redefine how the financing is actually part of the production itself, you know, at the artistic level. Yeah. Turning funding into an, an art form. That's a really good way of looking about it. And because, you know, from grant writing to uh, trying to source different parts of funding, it could be an absolute headache. And there's always like, you have to cross every T dot every I. So why did you feel that that was a, you, you touched a lot on how this is important and how this could be attractive to, to different artists being involved in the sphere. What are some of the perspectives of the artists that you've already worked with? How have they taken this, 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 um, this concept of turning funding into an art form. How has that been so far? Yes. Yeah, so, so I guess, I guess uh, it'd be good to maybe describe a little bit what the sphere is because right now we've discussed a little bit like where it's coming from and all, but like the sphere as a research creation project is a three year long exploration. And the first year was all about exploring three main axes. One is called the anarchive. So when we discuss economic forms, these are like modes of contractualities, like mode of agreement, distribution of funding is all very formal. It even brings in legal issues. So how does that relate with the performing arts itself? You know, what's the, like when you're asking what is uh, funding as an art form? Well, it starts with what is performing arts in relation with uh, economic systems, you know, like the systems that are governing uh, funding. So, one axis of research is about the anarchive and how to reinvent our relation to funding from the creative uh, standpoint of the performing arts. So we had like an archive uh, uh, labs going on with, and that's the point where we are consulting the artists, you know, so that the artists are part of the design of that new eco uh, ecology of funding from the very beginning, you know. So that's, that's a very important aspect of our research and it took different shapes. The most recent Anarchive Lab was a LARP that we developed with performing artists from our partners in Lithuania. So LARP, live action role playing. We played out the whole imagined ecosystem of funding for the sphere with actual performers playing the different components of that ecosystem, you know? So one of the reasons why we're using blockchain is to bring in the audience early on in the process. So we call them invested audience. So what does it mean for the audience to be part of the performing arts process beyond just buying a ticket to go to a show, you know? So that's, I mean, it's one of the questions that we're addressing with uh, the use of blockchain technology. And we just like, we're just coming off a LARP that is trying to play the different positions in that, in that new ecology. And basically the sphere is about empowering uh, the audience so that they become part of the, of the process, empowering the artists, but also empowering the audience. So an archive, we can talk more about it, but this is like a key word 
that um, that integrates a lot of the innovations that the sphere is about. The second lab uh, or axis of research is about crypto economic design. And that's where there's a bit of like a transdisciplinarity going on here, you know, because on the one hand, you have, uh, I don't know, radical theorists, uh, you have uh, uh, circus artists, and you have mechanism designers and, and uh, crypto economic designers. And so what type of economy are we designing for ourselves? This field, the technologies uh, are evolving really rapidly. The things that we were imagining three years ago, we didn't have the technology for, but right now the space has evolved so fast. So it's like it's even just like keeping ourselves uh, to term with the evolution of the space. So that's the second part, like more like tech-oriented, product-oriented, uh, crypto-economic design. And then the third axis is a little bit more general. Uh, we call it accounting otherwise. And the, here comes all the questions of value. If you're to redefine the relation between art and value flows, you know, like the question of immaterial work, the question of how to recognize their contributions for, from the different actors in the ecosystem, all sorts of wider considerations around the question of value, around the question of money uh, and, and, and the relations that come with it. This is the third axis, accounting otherwise. And here we're asking a very specific question about what does it mean to activate collective fractal ownership? So one of the key questions for the sphere is how we can invite the audience, the artist, to become owner of a network, a generative network for the live arts. So what if everyone involved in the ecosystem of performing arts is also a stakeholder, is also manifesting skin in the game at the financial level, at the economical level. And it's a bit of an irony here because skin in the game, there is a lot from the artist's perspective. Circus artists taking risks on stage, relying on deep uh, trust-based relations, you know, to make performance happen. So I, I use it with a bit of uh, irony here, but skin in the game is a, is a famous uh, expression in the financial world, you know, where if you have skin in the game, you care because you want that enterprise or that initiative to function because you've put a lot of yourself in it. So basically, we're like, how to create mechanism where audience, artists, anyone that is involved in that ecosystem for performing arts can have a bit more skin in the game or manifest their interest uh, otherwise. So these are like the three big axes, an archive, the relation with the artistic component, <clears throat> sorry, the crypto-economic design, and finally the accounting otherwise, and questions of values and the relationality around that. So that was our first year, exploring the different components of what an ecosystem or new ecologies of funding would be about. And the second year, we can talk more in details, we put that into motion, into action, a real choreography of value. We activate all these considerations and try something, you know. It's incredible that you're already having people invest in these projects from the very beginning. You know, they're becoming investors from the get go. Like having skin in the game, I feel like is a very important way of saying it because now you're building your brand from the very beginning. And not only are you building an audience and building a following, but you're building people that are immediately invested into, into the project. And bringing in artists to understand these concepts and to understand this method of development, did you find that there was like some 
a hard way to explain this to the artist or like for them to get on board right away. Like, cause for me, like hearing it all, it sounds amazing, but it also sounds very technical and it sounds like a lot of information to understand before you, you start to become artistic. So when you brought in these artistic, these artistic minds, how was that process? So basically, I gave you a window on the digital soul. That's how we call our um, technical apparatus, the Web3 apparatus. Uh, before putting it into motion, we had to think about what we're doing and trying to answer the, the actual needs of the community. And, and, and we're, we're bridging many worlds here, as you say. It's complex. But at the same time, I mean, I'm sharing with you the whole creative process, but now what we're doing is fairly simple. So I, if you want, I can run you through the second year of the sphere, which is really the implementation of that uh, alternative mechanism for funding. And you need to imagine, we call it the karmic funding campaign. So why karmic? We're playing a lot with the idea of the soul, the digital soul. And the karmic here is kind of a way to from the beginning, I told you about the skin in the game. We call it karmic funding campaign because when you play with money, there's always this notion of return on investment. You know, an economic system is, an, is a system that loops itself into existence. It's, it's circular in a way or another, you know. So it's a karmic funding campaign that has different stages. But basically, we started with an open call uh, in November last year where we invited the former laureates of uh, Circus Next, which is an organization in Europe that um, favors or, 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 or um, uh, looks for the new talent in the circus world. And every year there's a couple of uh, laureates of winner of that uh, contest. And what we did is that we made a call, an open call for the laureates of the last 20 years so that their work could be revived and derived. So what we mean by that is that they have an occasion to do their work again, but most importantly, to offer their work for future iteration from incoming artists, from new artists. And this is addressing the question of how we get inspired by other people's work and how are we part of a milieu, a creative milieu? No circus artist is creative on their own. You know, they're part of a, a longer tradition and they're collaborating with all sorts of people. Right now, New Circus is a fascinating field uh, that is inspiring itself from the art, uh, from the performing arts, from dance, from all sorts of discipline. So we're dealing a little bit with that like crossroad of, uh, of inspirations and development. And we're offering people the possibility to revive and derive their work. So these uh, uh, 27 artists answer our open call. And we selected collectively with the partners, the Spheres partner, six performances that we call seed performances. So performances that will allow themselves to be revived and derived, to be reiterated and iterated in creative fashion. So that was the first stage. Once we have our six uh, initial seed performances, we created a gallery, a meta gallery, so that their work would be exposed in a metaverse version, so that there is a bit of a translation from the analog to the digital, 
So we worked with uh, Stephen Bachelor, uh, a game designer and, and uh, uh, work, working with like metaverse uh, affordances. And we had two processes here, the archiving process and the enrichment process. So it was kind of an onboarding for these six uh, performances so that they would learn what it means to engage with NFTs, Web3, what would it mean for their performance to become an NFT? And on the other end, what does it mean for their performance to be offered for future artists, for future creative uh, iterations? You know, this is, this, is an exp- this is a cultural experiment, you know, made possible by Web3 technology. But it, this is really about the transmission of value, both at the artistic level and at the financial level. So we're creating a lineage between seed performances and their becoming. And this is all inspired by a key work uh, that people in the Web3 space will know. Primavera de Filippi, she created the plantoid, which is a plant, a digital or like a mechanical plant that gets feed with cryptocurrency. And once it reaches a certain threshold of funding, it reproduces itself. You know, once it reaches a certain threshold, it calls for funding. It, it has the funding. And then with the funding, it calls for an engineer, an artist to create a new version of the plant. So the sphere is exactly the same. You have seed performances. They accumulate funding. Once they reach their threshold of funding, they make an open call for future artists, incoming artists to come in, make a proposition, and then the community will decide which propositions get the funding and gets the right to produce a, a, a derivative work, as we call it. So seed performance, enrichment process, an archiving process. Then we went for the karmic funding campaign, which is basically a crowdfunding, but using NFT as the core component. So basically we attached an NFT to each of these seed performances and it's a generative NFT. So it's an NFT that transforms over time and it transforms following the evolution of the collaboration around the work. Uh, so that maybe we can talk a little bit more afterwards. I just want to give like a full uh, site of the, of the karmic funding campaign. The karmic funding uh, campaign itself, the crowdfunding part is over. We closed it. It was it ran for about two months from March to May, roughly. And we managed to gather enough funding to finance the becoming of two seed performances. So we're very proud, very happy. So the experiment goes on. You know, we gathered 11 ETH. So roughly, I mean, depending on a good day, around 20,000 American dollars, roughly. So, I mean, it's a decent budget. We hope to be able to finance maybe two different uh, productions with that, hopefully. Uh, that's something we can discuss a little bit more in detail, perhaps. Um, and now we are into what we call the incubation phase. So now that we know that we have funding for future artists, it's time for people out there, circus artists, performing artists, to make propositions. So we're here. I think that the, uh, the, the the podcast is going to be presented on the 23rd or something. So there's still time. If you hear that, you're a circus artist, you're interested in participating in this experiment, uh, in, in this Web3 experiment in, uh, in funding. So, well, you are more than welcome to send a proposal. We have a Discord channel where all these proposals are listed, discussed, and we will have a governance uh, ritual at the end of the incubation phase 
where the community will decide which proposals uh, get the funding. So that's basically, and then we're going to issue at the end of all this process, uh, last NFT that will be uh, market facing and that people will be uh, able to, to buy in and, uh, and yeah, as a, as a collectible basically. Yes, and this, this episode will be released on September 23rd. We will have all these resources listed on our Sickest Voices page where you can find this episode as well. And it's really exciting. And I think a lot of artists would be very interested to get involved and um, pitch their ideas. What are some of the criteria that, say, artists or groups uh, should know about before getting into uh, this realm of, of digital funding? So what we did, it sound, I mean, we're talking about like a quite complex technologies and stuff, but the making is pretty simple. The seed artists wrote what we called love letters to future artists, talking about what they would like, what their work is about, and how they would imagine this work uh, evolving in the future. You know, they don't want to control everything. They're not like... But at the same time, it's their work, it's their baby. They need to have a bit of control on how this derivative uh, process will be happening. So they wrote love letters, and it's very funny. The artists answering back tend to answer back with love letters of their own, expressing their intent, their, their interest and their intent for pursuing the, 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 the work further. We send the call mostly to the circus community. So what we're imagining de facto is circus artists or seed performances coming from the circus world being iterated by circus artists uh, coming from other uh, horizons. But because of the structure of funding that we've created, there is also the possibility for minor proposals or complementary proposals, you know, like a poet that would say, hey, this proposal, this whole process is very inspiring to me. I'm offering to write uh, a, a bit of poetry or I'm a light designer. And I'm like, okay, this could be an interesting project that I could build on. So we have created actually the condition for a new type of way of being creative together, a new way of collaborating around a seed project. So this is quite revolutionary. We don't know where it's going to go, and I don't want to be like uh, too, too enthusiastic about it. But imagine a whole festival being built from the ground up with proposals of works, you know, not accomplished, finished products, but actual pieces of processes that meet around a, a certain event or a certain affordance, knowing that the financing is already there or that the financing is in the work, that the financing is part of the work itself, you know, this can become quite interesting. For now, we're keeping it straight. We're keeping it relatively uh, limited in the sense that we're mostly addressing ourselves to circus artists, but not exclusively. And this is part of the experiment. You know, we're keeping it limited because we have productions that we want to tour. We have already uh, residencies that are offered by our partners. You see, like there's like the occasion to become to create a new type of economy where people can actually make offers about like if you want the show to tour in your locality. Well, maybe that's the occasion to say, hey, if this proposition goes through, we're very excited about inviting them and chipping in, you know, and say, okay, we're going to make sure that this uh, this production can tour all the way to our, our venue or our festival. 
So it's it's a way, it's like a hub, you know, it's a creative hub for new types of collaboration that kind of like moves away from the already established pathways, you know, the, the circuits, the venues, and, and, and maybe invent other ways of diffusing uh, performing arts. But that, that's, that's a potentiality. We don't know if it's going to happen, but it's definitely there as a potentiality in the system that we're creating right now. Yeah, everyone getting a, a bit of a piece of the pie, you know, in the, the future, it looks... We don't really know what's going to happen in the future, you know, and with, with Circus Talk, you know, Circus Talk advocates for a world where like circus is recognized as an art and an important driver, innovation and reimagination within the performing arts. And I feel you guys are uh, 100% trying to push that mission as well. In your opinion, say for the sphere, you have a lot of seeds that you're planting right now and where you want it to go. But say in 20 years from now, if this starts to become a little bit more mainstream and uh, there's a lot more organizations, say like yourself or people wanting to get involved in this, where do you see the sphere in about 20 years? Like where, where would you want it to go? Look, the LARP that we did in Lithuania last month was about the sphere in 2033. So we put it at the 10 years horizon. And the little uh, dystopian scenario is that we were too successful and the digital soul starting to really take too much power. And it was all about reclaiming the flesh of the performing. <laughs> so the, the scenario that we ran was basically, are we creating just another bureaucratic, uh, exploitative, extractive structure, even though we're like coming in with the best uh, possible intentions and, and we're really here to empower the different actors of the ecosystem. Could it be that uh, through, uh, I mean, it's pretty easy to imagine how NFTs could go wrong here, uh, creating the possibility, basically the sphere is also about the possibility of collecting live art, you know, which doesn't really happen. When you buy a ticket, you attend a show and that's about it, right? There's, there's, no, there's no traces remaining except for the awe that the audience will have experienced. So what does it mean to have an NFT or like a, a, imagine a ticket that remains and can be charged again with new potentiality, you know, like the NFT as a, 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 an item for the transmission of value, both at the artistic and the at the financial level becomes quite interesting. So what would happen 10 years from now where you have all these performances that have a digital representation that have an NFT so that they have their communities invested in them uh will some of these performances become incredibly powerful and actually uh, <laughs> create uh, shade and destructive effects on the, the whole ecosystem i hope not i'm ready to take the risk we're ready to take the risk of seeing what would happen with these uh, new collectibles you know like collect this new community of live art collectors what will they be doing you know with this new power with this new way of as you said i know it's a very important issue in the circus world the recognition of circus as an art form i know that in certain countries in europe it's very much of a minor art form in other countries it's not in france in sweden it's very well founded and recognized in quebec as well in other countries like in germany 
they are making a huge effort to stand out and say, hey, we exist and we deserve to exist. So I love how you said like, that circus artists are the front, forefront of innovation. I think it's totally correct. It's really impressive. It's a really impressive community that I've discovered over the last few years here. And uh, yeah, ready to risk and speculate together, you know, for, for what, uh, what the circus ecosystem could become. I completely agree. And with speaking about the community and people getting involved, are there any specific projects that you could elaborate on that are already invested into the sphere or a couple seeds that you're hoping to uh, collaborate with? So we have two seeds that we are uh, germinating, if I may say. Uh, one is called Materia by Andrea Salustri. Uh, he's working with polystyrene, styrofoam, as a material. So it's, it's a very interesting proposition uh, to see how incoming artists will reappropriate this material in, in new ways. And uh, the other artist is Antonia from Room 100. Uh, in her piece, uh, they have been working with the issue of schizophrenia and uh, wondering how this uh, could be expressed further through the means of uh, circus and performing arts. So we have like these two seeds and I mean, sky's the limit like these are just two sing singular projects that are going to grow a lineage uh, within the sphere ecosystem otherwise you were asking like partners we're partnering with a lot of people one of our main partner is uh, curve labs uh, they are tech provider but uh, they go beyond that they are also it's techno poetic provider they bring in the actual Web3 infrastructure, but they've been also very much present in imagining what uh, what these issues of funding uh, can lead to through, through Web3. And we're part of a wider ecosystem of uh, art-led DAOs um, that, uh, I don't know if you've heard about, there's a fantastic book that just came out uh, called Radical Friends, and they gathered a, a series of, uh, of actual DAOs. There's like one uh, that I really like called Black Swan DAO, also reflecting about the sharing of resources more in the contemporary art scene. So we are part of that uh, panorama of uh, art DAOs. Uh, we were interviewed in that book. Uh, our piece is called uh, I Am a Digital Soul. So basically we were asked to speak as the sphere, as this Web3 infrastructure. So I, I can only recommend uh, having a look at that book, Radical Friends, edited by Penny Rafferty and Ruth Gatlow from Furtherfield Gallery uh, in London. Radical Friends. That's great. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I love what you guys are doing. And it just sounds so inviting and uh, collaborative. And I feel like that's what the circus community is all about, about working with creative people in creative industries and in creative ways. So to, to, to finish off here, what would you say to the artists, the circus community or performing artists in general about getting involved in this space? How would you relay a message of comfort to, to, to get involved for people that don't really want to get involved or people who are scared about it. You know, I've had people say to me, you know, like I break out into hives every time that I, I think about it, or, you know, it really puts me off. How would you ease their mind when it comes to getting invested or even just touching the waters a bit of this space? Look, speaking from the spheres perspective, it's very important to say that we are really wary of where the Web3 space is going or where 
NFTs are going, like the traditional NFTs, as vehicle for uh, market speculation. In the sphere, in the way that we're considering the whole ecosystem of funding, the NFT is really a, a, a provenance marker. It's the occasion to gather momentum and attention around specific projects, not to propulse them into a speculative market frenzy. So the whole ecosystem has been designed to shelter the artists, not to expose them uh, to the market forces in the way that most NFT projects are doing. So there's a real critical take here um, that I think is really important to, to like, there's, it's a whole discussion about accounting otherwise or about the question of value in relation with NFT. So this is like definitely something to say to the, the audience. NFTs come in all forms and shapes and the Sphere NFT is not a speculative one. It's actually an organizational object. It's something that exists online that can allow for new community formation around artworks. And artworks are at the core of the ecosystem. Performances are at the core of the ecosystem. We're trying to empower the performances and the artists that are gathering around them. So this is why we're using NFTs as organizational objects. We are not against the possibility of collecting and that eventually these performances gain value and gain even market value. We're fine with it, but everything in its right time. And first, it's community building with the right values. And eventually, as an NFT, as something that remains, as something that you can collect, that you can trade also, it opens up to a question of a speculative valuation. But it's not the main goal. And I think it's super important to keep in mind here because Sphere, I think, stands out in that field of NFTs by being an NFT that includes a whole ecosystem, not simply an occasion to get rich quickly. I think it's a really refreshing explanation about this space and how art in itself can be incorporated in developing um, your own brand or your own projects. And I think it's really exciting what you guys are doing. And I'm very interested to see the seeds you guys are planting right now. Well, thanks a lot, Thomas, for allowing us to share a little bit of our process with you today. Eric, it was an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to staying in contact for the future. Thanks a lot. Thank you once again to our special guest, Eric Bordlow of The Sphere. Please stay tuned for our fourth and final episode of A Creative Space, where we'll be joined by Alex Teodoresco and DDA Stowe of The Drop the Act Project. If you do not already have a Circus Talk profile, I invite you to create one and to upgrade to Pro and visit the Arts and Tech section for more development in this exciting space. If you are a talent, Take advantage of the newest profile fields that make you stand out in the talent searches. And if you're a talent seeker, do not miss on accessing over 30,000 talent profiles from 193 countries. We have a very special offer for Circus Voices listeners. Receive 15% off your annual membership by using the code CircusVoices2022.